0: talk with important media, where we discuss the latest news in clean cars, clean energy, and clean technology. I'm Chris Tomorrow, editor, editor of Gas2.org.
1: And I'm Zachary Shehan, director of cleantechnica.com and evobsession.com. So today we're talking about a Kia dealer in Canada who just proved Tesla's criticism of dealers all too well. The BMW i3 being sold on Amazon, interesting Owner usage of the BMW i three, and an electric Mustang that looks hot, and Chris's recent test drive of the Tesla Model S P eighty five D.
0: We'll leave that for the end of the show. So, um, what we should, what we're going to start the show with, though, is this this ridiculous story from uh, Inside EVs of a uh, Kia salesman trying to talk a potential sole EV buyer out of buying the sold EV. And as Zach mentioned, you know, Elon Musk, the whole reason Elon Musk wants to sell to the Tesla Model S through Tesla dealers, Tesla stores, direct sales is because he doesn't think car dealers have the right incentive to sell electric cars. And, and this story really just kind of proves his point.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's it, it's so ridiculous. I almost wondered if it was if it was real, but it, it really seems to be. I mean, this this it wasn't even in person. I mean, in person, you can you can sort of understand that some people who just don't get it are gonna steer people away from electric vehicles. But this was on email. This guy from this Canada dealership, Kia of Vancouver, basically told the guy who wanted to buy a Soul EV. That he was stupid for wanting to buy a soul EV, and and you know, in in a few more words than that, and it was really, I mean, how ridiculous! If someone wants to buy an electric vehicle, they obviously have thought about it. They've done some research. They've decided they want an electric vehicle. And let's
0: let's let's just be let's let's be specific about what this this guy said. Okay, we're we're not even gonna say his name because you know whatever. But this this salesman said. Um, do you want to buy the Sol EV because you believe it's good for the environment because it will not save you money if it's not good for the environment? He says the electric battery is equivalent. Making the electric battery is equivalent to driving a gas-powered car, sole for five years, and that the extra money you'd save would pay for gas, blah, blah, blah. It's just basically trying to talk this person out about You know, this is the worst thing that salespeople do. and It doesn't just forget Plug in cars for a second. The worst thing a salesperson does is they'll try to talk you into a different car. I live in an age where I could find out everything about the car more than you could ever possibly know about the car in five seconds through Google. And you're trying to tell me what I need? Excuse me? This is why Elon and a lot of people have a problem with salespeople and franchise dealerships.
1: Yeah, and I don't know where this guy supposedly got his information, but it's wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And he, you know, he basically picked the two, probably two two biggest reasons why people want EV, but, you know, two of the biggest reasons and just blatantly said that they're not, you know, they're, they're incorrect. And, and another thing, well, two more things. So one is his manager backed him up then. <laughs> he, he apologized for the tone of his employee's email, but essentially just agreed with the whole point of it, which is ridiculous. And second of all, that dealership doesn't sell the Kia Soul EV. So why were they trying to talk the consumer out of buying the Soul EV? Because they didn't have it to offer.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's all, it all comes down to the money. It all comes down. To, and, and let's be clear about why car dealerships and salespeople don't like electric cars. Sale, dealerships do not make a lot of money selling you a new car. They make very little money unless they meet certain quotas. Where they make their money is servicing your car. When you come in for an oil change, when you come in because you hit a tree, when you come in for brakes or tires or whatever, that's where they make their money. And they make a lot of money off of that. But there's not a lot of that with electric cars. You don't have oil to change. The brakes last a lot longer because you have regenerative braking. Uh, it's just an all-around, the car has fewer maintenance needs. So you go to back to the dealership a lot less. And that's really the crux of the issue.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that and it, uh, you know because you don't I, I guess a lot of people probably don't know right off the bat that electric vehicles have a lot fewer moving parts they don't need oil changes, they don't have transmission so you have all of you have just a lot less maintenance need and that just eats into the profits of these dealerships. so there's a strong disincentive for dealerships to sell electric vehicles. but like you said, you can find out so much information online now. It's sort of ridiculous, you know, that, that some dealers still think that they can talk you out of the car that you want. I'm sure they do it with some people, but you know, just research what you want, and you you can find what you need to know about it. And that gets us into our next topic, which is, you know, what seems inevitable: selling cars on the internet, selling cars on Amazon, to specifically be specifically Amazon.
0: First, they had books. Then they had everything else. Now they finally have cars.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so you can give the... I mean, the the intro is that Amazon Japan is now selling the BMW i3 electric car, which is, uh, you know, it's really exciting. It it makes sense sort of that it's happening in Japan. They're really into, uh, you know, technology being, you know, futuristic sort of. And BMW doesn't have enough dealerships with the i3 to cover all of Japan. So this is a strategy for them to reach everybody in Japan who, who wants to buy the i3. And, you know, it's just, it's really seems inevitable that, you know, people can learn everything they need to know about a car. They can pick their options online. They can do, go through the whole process online. There's no need to go to a dealership anymore.
0: And, you know, the, the whole idea of buying a car online is not new. Elon Musk didn't invent that. The conventional automakers have been trying this for a while now and it just it really hasn't taken maybe the time wasn't right maybe the way they were doing it wasn't right but tesla has shown it can be done you can buy and order a tesla model s entirely online without ever stepping foot into the showroom and other automakers are trying to replicate that and bmw really is hot on tesla's heels not just with Buying the car online through Amazon in Japan. They're also opening mall-based galleries specifically for the i brand to get people in to look at these cars, even if they're not selling them. They're getting people to look at them. They're 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 putting the it out into the public consciousness in a way like Tesla did.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting topic too, selling online. And you know, initially. I don't know about you, but, you know, in my case and a lot of people's cases, initially when you, when we started buying stuff online, if you're buying something small, it's like, oh, no big deal, whatever. But when you start to buy bigger things, you, you think, oh, should I buy such a big thing online? You know, what if it's not what I want? But, you know, we've gotten used to buying bigger and bigger, more and more expensive things online. People do it a lot now. So I think, I think one of the barriers initially probably was that, you know, we, people are, like afraid to buy such a big product online. But that's got, I mean, we're getting used to it, so that's gotta be getting worn down. Another thing is, you know, it's nice to go into the dealership, find the car, drive it, you know, it's nice to have that experience sometimes, but you know, once you know you know i don't, I don't know it's just becomes so second nature to buy stuff online that I, I think that's that's the future
0: i would recommend you always go and test drive a car before you buy it online that that said that goes for ebay or amazon or even tesla i would not ever recommend driving a vehicle without actually sitting in it first right that said we're definitely approaching you know that's why there's always going to be these these brick and mortar stores but at the end of the day you know the the buying process itself may just go online
1: yeah, I mean of course you need to test drive the vehicle the vehicle, you know, make sure it's what you want and compare vehicles and but like you said the um you know BMW opening these like i stores in malls and whatnot. I I I think that makes a lot more sense. I mean, I was thinking in them the other day like, oh, if there was a car shop in the mall, how how many people would be interested in, you know, uh in test driving the, their cars, you know, right there and you know, people go to the mall to go shopping and to enjoy the shopping experience. So, you know, you have Tesla stores, BMW i stores in the mall, and you get to play around, have fun. And then the step of moving the purchase to the internet is, you know, it's a nice one for sensible people because then you're not going to buy on you know on the heat of the moment whatever you're going to go back and think about it and make sure you you know try to make sure that you're buying what you want and what you need so i think it's i think it's great i'm I'm excited to see how this progresses but sticking with the BMW uh, i3 there's been some interesting um market research on that
0: yeah it turns out that the i3 is pretty popular outside of major metro areas and you know for an electric car with a limited range of about 80 miles, that's surprising. But then you think about it and you realize, well, BMW included the option of a gas generator that doubles the range to about 150 miles. And now all of a sudden you've got an electric car that someone who maybe lived just beyond their comfortable, you know, their comfort zone of driving an electric car on a daily basis, now they have that option of commuting into their workplace every day with a car. And they have that, that buffer to make sure that they get home safely.
1: Right. And, you know, it's an interesting thing because uh, these, these cars, you know, sort of short, medium range electric cars, you know, from 60 to 100 uh, miles of range – they're often seen and developed and talked about as city cars because uh there's you know the the expectation that you know people in cities would use them more but i saw research uh at EVS 27 in in barcelona that that uh, someone had studied this and found that actually it makes most sense this was for germany but i i think it's going to be similar anywhere it makes most most sense for people in small or medium sized cities to get electric cars Because one, you know, their daily needs are often, you know, there's not so much, you know, if you're driving across L.A. or across, you know, Houston or something, that's, you could end up taking a lot of time driving really big distances across the city. Also, you might not live, if you live in a big city, you might not live in a place with a garage. And, you know, in a small or medium city, probably you have a garage. You probably don't have to drive that much unless you have, like, a super commute somewhere. So they really make sense in these, in these places. But a lot of uh, manufacturers really didn't realize that before.
0: Well, and I think, I think what BMW did very well was... Um... They give it a very small gas tank, so you really can, you know, say that this is still mostly an electric vehicle. The i3, you can only it only holds about two gallons, and the range extender only adds another like seventy or eighty miles of range, depending on how you drive. So it really, it again, it gives it just gives people the, you know, it really relaxes people's, you know, range anxiety because now you don't have to wait, you know, three or four hours to charge if you have access to a fast charger if you're running out of juice and you have still have farther to go you can just pop a couple of gallons in real quick and you're ready to go and you don't have to wait around for the the car to get recharged
1: right i mean a lot of people criticized this idea early on but in retrospect i, I totally agree with you i think it was a smart decision because a lot of people who haven't had an electric car before don't realize how much range they need they're, they're still nervous about it um, and Although it doesn't give you much extra range and it's not a good driving experience, it, it's like it makes you feel safe. Yeah, if you if you do happen to run out of electricity, you have a gas tank you can fill up. So I think I think it was a smart decision for addressing that that early issue. And I mean, we saw James May of of Top Gear. He bought a BMW i3 REX, even though he knows cars inside and out and how much he drives, I'm sure. Uh, and has other cars for road trips. He just he, he felt safer going with the REX.
0: And you know the thing is, at the end of the day, like until the electric cars have the kind of range of you know really rivals your conventional car, people are going to need this kind of extra assurance.
1: Yeah, especially the first, you know, if it's their first EV, you know, uh, and. You know, in a lot of cases, someone might have an electric car just for you know. People have more than two, you know, have two cars on average in the U.S. So, so they can have an electric one for city needs. But if you, you know, if you're getting used to the technology, it really helps to have that have that crutch to have that assistance. So I, I think it's a it's a smart move in retrospect, and um, you know, BMW was was really on top of things with that.
0: You know, but not everybody needs that, that, you know, a lot of some people, there are people out there that are very familiar with electric vehicles that have been doing them for years now. One of those people is, uh, John Wayland, uh, you might n- know him better as a uh, guy from plasma boy racing or the driver of the white zombie, uh, Datsun. Yeah. This guy is an electric drag racing legend. Okay. This guy has been put in electric motors and a drag racers for a long time now. Because he realizes how cool instant torque is, and he's teamed up with this Texan guy who, to build the Zombie Two Two Two, which is a 1968-based Ford Mustang, all electric, 800 horsepower, 10 seconds down the quarter mile—just a monster machine.
1: Yeah, I, I remember. You know, I remember the White Zombie several years ago. Before you know, before Tesla had the Model S out, uh, I, I think before, before the Roadster. I mean this white zombie was just shocking people at the racetrack because, um, you know, most people thought of electric cars as, like, golf carts. But, you know, they have extreme torque, extreme power, if, if you want them to. And this guy was just crushing people on, on racetracks with his white zombie. And so, yeah, I mean, he's he obviously still enjoys it.
0: <laughs> and that's, you know, this is, this is a vehicle that really appeals to a whole different crowd from the Save the War Earth. You know what I mean? Like I'm a hippie. I'm married to a hippie. I want to save the planet, but I also want to go fast. And this this electric Mustang appeals to people who may not care too much about electric cars or going electric, but they love anything that goes fast. And so,
1: yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, electric cars, of course, attract a lot of green-minded people. But these days, with you know, after the white zombie, after the Roadster, after the Model S, you know, it, it's it's Definitely, I mean, they're definitely attracting people who are just interested in a really powerful, fun drive. And I think that's freaking wonderful because that's what you need. You don't, you're not going to get a green product to go mainstream unless it appeals to just about everybody. It
0: has to be better in every way. It can't just be more efficient, it has to be faster, too. Do you know what I mean? And, and, you know, speaking of fat, you know, this Mustang is faster than the P85D to 60 miles an hour. P85D does 3.1 seconds. This does 2.4.
1: And he there was a story recently, right, that that he beat a uh, P85D on the tracks or was that someone else? Uh,
0: I don't know.
1: I, was, I think I saw a story that he beat uh, a P85D. I'll
0: um, tell you I'll tell you what he did do um, with uh, Mitch Medford the the guy uh, backing John Wheland at the wheel, this this 800 horsepower Mustang went 174.2 miles per hour in the standing mile, which is zero. You start at zero, and you go down a one-mile drag strip, and you have to go as fast as you can. And he blew the, st- the previous record of 150 miles per hour out of the way.
1: Blew out the freaking water. Jeez. Just,
0: just, just, and now he's aiming for 200.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's wonderful coming from both both angles, but you know, for, you know, this is this is modified uh, for, for a normal person trying to get an awesome car with awesome acceleration, there's, there's nothing that compares to the, the Tesla P85D and you had the pleasure, I hear, of testing one recently, so I would love to hear, uh, you know, fresh, this is fresh, this has not been rehearsed or I haven't been oh. told anything beforehand. I want to hear your experience.
0: I mean, okay, so let, let's just get some background first. Um, I signed up for a Tesla test drive a few months ago. I was like, hey, when you're near, in my area, let me know when you're coming around, right? And then I got an invite last week. They were going to be down at a country club in Greenwich, Connecticut. Huh. And, yeah, that, for a test drive. man, they're going to have all the dual motor drive, uh, the, the 85, the P85D, And the 60D, they were having all the, not the 70D. The 70D was just announced like a day before I went and test drove. But all the other dual motor Model S's were there. Walk in, they say hi, they sign you in, they send you off to a room to the side where you get to eat and drink some really fancy cheeses. Um, And then you you go to a a short presentation. Did you say drink drink fancy cheeses? Yeah, I did say drink fancy (laughs) cheeses. I did. That that happened. You were really on a buzz there. No, man. They're really fancy cheeses. They're so fancy, you actually have to slurp them through a straw. (laughs) That's not true at all. But um, they gave a quick presentation on what Tesla's about, what the cars are about, and all this thing. Very informative. Very different from the kind of presentation you may be used to at a car dealership. And finally, they asked, what car do you want to drive? I was like, really? I get to actually (laughs) choose? You're not just going to stick me in one? Put me in the P85D. And
1: you're, you're asking, really? Anybody would choose anything but the P85D? <laughs>
0: I mean, I can't even imagine why you would. I, I, look, first off, I mean, I just love the pop out door handles. This is one of the coolest features of the Tesla, any Tesla, is the pop out door handle. I still haven't gotten over that. But you yeah. sit down in the car, and they take you, they have a little route mapped out for you to go around. And they, there's, a, there's a few straightaways where they're like, okay, if you wanted to test out the acceleration, now would be the time. My wife was in the back seat. She was trying to take a picture, and the phone just flew out of her hand because she went backwards as I stepped on the, on the accelerator. And the car is just – it's just instant power. It's just smooth. It's just instant. It just goes – and, and you're, all of a sudden, you're going 60, 70 miles an hour. Like,
1: make, make you laugh, make you smile.
0: I mean, it was
1: – whoa.
0: <laughs> and that was what my co-pilot, the, the Tesla guy, was like, that's what everybody says. They go, yeah. whoa, and then they laugh.
1: Well you know i uh, you know I, I follow the Tesla Motors Club forum real closely, and um, you know we've all seen like uh, so many videos of people you know freaking out, sometimes really embellishing their freaking out. Uh, we've written many articles about it it's It's almost like getting old even um, and you would think that that you know often you get too excited you get things get overhyped and then you go and experience them and, and it's like, oh, it's sort of a letdown, right. So I saw an an article recently, on like like a day ago or something, on the forum where the guy was like, "This is for real," you know. It's like you know, I saw so many people, you know, acting like this, and I thought it was you know whatever. And I went and I did it, and it was for real. This is like whoa.
0: (laughs) It it really, it's more than whoa. It really is just something. You get your
1: head thrown back. You get. You get like the roller coaster experience, right?
0: You know, let me put it like th- this: Act. I have I've been in my fair share of very fast cars. I've driven some very very fast cars. Like I- I- I'm no stranger to speed, and, and without incriminating myself too much, like you know, I've gone very fast on public roads. But this is it's just it's a totally different sensation of acceleration. To put it to put it mildly, okay? Because with with a combustion engine, you stomp on the gas. And then, you, you know, even even the biggest VH, you've got to wait for that power to come on. It's just whether it's a second or two seconds or five seconds or whatever, you're waiting for that engine to rev up. But when you when you push, it's just all there. All the power you could ever want is right there underneath your footstep. And all you have to do is press it. And I've never experienced a sensation where it's like so little effort on my part results in so much power. Yeah. Like instantly.
1: Yeah. It, I, the no only, car will
0: ever be the same to me, Zach. Nothing. No <laughs> car will ever feel the same way again.
1: You're ruined. <laughs>
0: I might be. My or, wife. My wife got out. She's like, "So, you know, when are we getting one?" I'm like, "Well, <laughs> when are you winning the lottery?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, it's. I mean, yeah. It it really it it just transforms a lot of people's experience of cars. I mean, I, we've seen so many people writing about how. You know really rich people who have had really spectacular supercars and they just can't go back they you know they can't go back and uh, I, I remember an early story one of the you know when Tesla was just starting off trying to get investors uh, they hadn't even pro- you know produced the, the production roadster yet, but they had some you know early roadsters right and they had some big investor they were trying to woo and uh, basically they you know, they, they gave him a, a test drive, they went on a test drive with him, he was like very uh, you know, had a good time, whatever and or something. And and then he called like right after leaving or a few minutes after leaving and he he was he was like pissed off. He was saying he was pissed off at them and he was really upset and whatever. And it's like damn, I forget what car he had, but he had one of the fastest best, you know cars i think one of the best porsches uh, that you could have and he said you've just ruined me i can't even enjoy this car that i recently bought this supercar <laughs> you know you've just ruined me i have you know and and of course he became a big investor
0: yeah no and i mean i probably would have too
1: yeah i mean this is this is just uh, it's a different thing and it's better
0: <laughs> let me let me put it like this for anybody listening if you've considered signing up for one of these test drives Just do it. It took me about an hour. I got a sweet coffee mug out of the deal that they gave me at the end. And I got to drive one of the coolest cars on the planet for like ten minutes. Like Or uh, you know?
1: Or if you are really you know if you really shouldn't spend the money because you really shouldn't on such a car Maybe you shouldn't do the test drive because if you're if you're going to go and do the test drive, you know a lot of people get sold on they they can't go back after that, so then they they extend themselves too far. You know, I, I know, I've definitely seen a lot of people saying that they are doing their absolute best to not take a test drive because they know they shouldn't spend that much money on a car, but they would probably if they took a test drive.
0: Zach, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you because <laughs> I am a fiscally responsible person day in and day out, but. This is something you should waste your money on, even if you can't afford it. God knows if I could find some way to get the, convince them I had the ability to pay for this car, I would have it already.
1: Some, we'll have to. I think we have a good follow up on that, but we have to push it to another show.
0: Okay, that sounds good to me. <laughs> I, I think that I think that we should end it right there, Zach. Uh, go test drive the P eighty five D.
1: It's great. Great. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, everybody listening, thanks for listening again and check in next week to get your electric fix.
0: I'm Chris DeMorrow,
1: And I'm Zachary Shahan.
0: Thanks for listening.